Forcing mass unemployment through technology because of profits is not an adequate reason for most people. There will be anger, frustration, and confusion during these times. This will be exacerbated by something which I haven't really heard anybody else talk about. I refer to it as the job saturation problem. Is automation humane? This question never seems to be far from the conversation of automating millions of people in various jobs with robots and artificial intelligence. Isn't it better overall, they ask? Doesn't it make sense to automate the dull, boring, and repetitive jobs so that no human has to undergo robotic labor? Sure, but there is more to this conversation of humane automation. One aspect is particularly obvious. Automation is ethical through the parameters of automating really dangerous, really boring, or rather meaningless jobs so that no human has to go through that. Another aspect, and in my opinion, the more important aspect concerns implementing automation in a humane manner. We cannot shock the workforce by removing tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of jobs in a small time span, like a year. We need to give people time, space, and money to transition effectively to jobs that are more meaningful and lucrative. This dichotomy will be explored in this, the 54th episode of the Gen Z Diplomat Podcast. Starting off, why do people think of automation as humane? Most arguments stem from the fact that people actually undergo really dull, boring, meaningless, and dangerous jobs, and that once those people are automated, they could pursue more creative or more fulfilling careers like painting or music. Right off the bat, these initial sentences feel like a pipe dream. Workers will not magically find opportunities after they've been automated. Looking at the psychology of unemployment from the American Psychological Association, it has been argued as far back as the 1930s that, quote, Unemployment damages emotional health and undermines the social fabric of society. Let me read off a paragraph from an article linked in the description, highlighting the stages of mental unrest when unemployed. A widespread conviction in psychology is that the response to stressful events, such as unemployment, takes the form of a progression through stages. Shock tends to characterize the initial phase, during which the individual is still optimistic and unbroken. As unemployment advances, the individual becomes pessimistic and suffers active distress, and ultimately becomes fatalistic about their situation and adapts unenthusiastically to their new state. Thus, the unemployed are expected to exhibit poor mental health due to elevated levels of anxiety, frustration, disappointment, alienation, and depression. Moreover, these feelings are likely to be more pronounced among those who shoulder greater financial responsibilities and persons with a greater sense of self-efficacy fostered by prior success in a host of domains including school and work. Thus, the highly educated and parents are particularly vulnerable to the debilitating emotional consequences of unemployment. These factors make it clear that adjustment time will be all the more necessary when automation does come to town. Getting automated one day and finding a completely suitable job for you the next day is going to be uncommon. Thus, time will be of the essence when automation starts doing its thing. Forcing mass unemployment through technology because of profits is not an adequate reason for most people. There will be anger, frustration, and confusion during these times. This will be exacerbated by something which I haven't really heard anybody else talk about. I refer to it as the job saturation problem. Here's the TLDR explanation of it. Once you get automated, obviously you'll start looking for a job after some time. Thus, you'll need to reskill and you'll need to find a way to make yourself more competitive in the marketplace. So let's say your preferred job is software engineering, for example. Well, 
you would not be the only person thinking of becoming a software engineer after being automated. You would not be the only one trying to reskill themselves to be the most competitive. Thus, the field of software engineering would be so saturated that only a few people that have been automated will be allowed to become a software engineer. This applies to a host of other industries that are still remaining once automation starts taking jobs away. The remaining jobs will become so saturated that only a few people will be able to make it back into employment. It would also make these jobs very susceptible to labor malpractices. Overworking and underpaying employees could be a commonality because companies would just say, well, the only other option for them is unemployment, so either stick to what we have or you can leave and we'll just hire the next person that won't say anything. So already the mental unrest with unemployment combined with the job saturation problem when automation does come to town don't look promising. How can automation regain its humane aura? Well, surprisingly, an answer is found in religion, specifically Christianity. A Medium article revolving around faith tech has this to say. The future of automation seems to assume a number of givens. The first is that job loss is unavoidable. Examine the language of the Southern Baptist Convention's Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission statement concerning artificial intelligence. Article 7 concerning work states that the church has a responsibility to care for those who lose their jobs to automation and to encourage stakeholders to find ways to invest in the development of human beings. A primary way the people of God can adopt workplace automation in light of the gospel is by embracing technologies that augment human work over technologies that displace it. Augmenting technologies increases the units of a worker's output without any displacement occurring. Turning to religion may be of interest to some during difficult times, but relying on churches and not building your skills or network will be counterintuitive in solving the unemployment problem. So where do we find ourselves? On one hand, automation is absolutely humane in ridding humans of boring, dangerous, meaningless, and unnecessary jobs. On the other hand, however, there are no ethics or morals to be found when administering automation. People will lose jobs, go through taxing mental unrest due to their unemployment and identity crises, and then struggle to find employment because of the job saturation problem. Could UBI be a solution? Surely, if people don't need to work and are supported by the government through a guaranteed livable income, the humaneness associated with automation comes back. Unfortunately, this may not be the case. Jason Furman, former President Obama's chief economist, doesn't think UBI would help. Here's what he has to say. Replacing our current anti-poverty programs with universal basic income would, in any realistic design, make the distribution of income worse, not better. Our tax and transfer system is largely targeted towards those in the lower half of the income distribution, which means that it works to reduce both poverty and income inequality. Replacing part or all of that system with a universal cash grant would mean that relatively less of this system is targeted towards those at the bottom, increasing, not decreasing, income inequality. Moreover, UBI would cause people to work less since money would be coming in independent of their labor output. This would theoretically upset the economy as goods and services need to be produced. And if people are working less, then less goods and services are produced. This notion, though, that uh, you, you, know, you can just sort of send checks out everybody and, and things will be fine is not true, obviously. Uh, the, there's, some people have this absurd like, uh, view that the economy is like some magic horn of plenty. Like it, it just makes stuff. 
stuff, you know, whatever, it just there's a magic order plenty and the goods and services, they just come from this magic order plenty. And then if, um, like if somebody has more stuff than somebody else, it's because they took more from this magic order plenty. Now let me uh, just break it to you, the, the fools out there. If you don't make stuff, there's no stuff. Thus, UBI is effective in the short term, as we saw with things like CERB, but is ineffective in the long term. The dollars needed to support and sustain UBI would lead to increased money printing and increased inflation, which would drive up prices in every aspect. Here's an example from the Orca. If less people are working in restaurants, that means prices would need to rise because of the labor shortage, giving higher wages to the remaining employees. But it would also mean that less people would be able to eat out because of those higher prices. This extends to many other industries and areas. All in all, I believe an adequate conclusion is to say that the aim of automation is indeed humane, but the consequences of automation in the form of the job saturation problem, the mental unrest, and the problem of UBI make it not humane. As with anything, much more planning and much more conversation with experts and average Joes alike need to be had in order to figure out the best way of automating millions of people and keeping them sane. Humane automation is still the goal, and getting there will be difficult and tedious. It will force us to rethink labor, unemployment, and economies, allowing for a utopic society where people can live and work peacefully, happily, and freely. This has been the goal of automation from the start, and now we have to figure out how to get there in the most humane way possible. Thank you for listening to the Gen Z Diplomat Podcast. To support it, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Check out our other social platforms on TikTok and Instagram. Those links are in the description. I like to end off each podcast with this statement. I firmly believe that the more we talk about what future we want, the more likely we are to build a future that we deserve. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please check out our past episodes, and I hope to see you in the future episodes.